0: I am your host, Darius Velasquez, and you're listening to The Melancholy Condition. Welcome to Season 2. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen? How do I make money from podcasts? The answer to every single one of these questions is pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. The reason why I love Anchor is just because it's easy. It's simple. It's on my phone. I don't use any exterior hardware. I don't got to do anything really, but just pick up my phone, open the Anchor app, press record, invite my guests, and boom you have the melancholy condition. So if you want to start your podcast, do so today. Go to anchor.fm. Hey, what's going on? Yo, how you doing, dude? Doing good, doing good. Awesome. So you made it.
1: I'm here. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Cool. So um, everything sounds
1: good on your end. Can you hear me pretty well? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly, man. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Cool. So I'll go ahead and give it a five count and then um, we'll go ahead and get started. Okay? Cool. All right. So five, four, three, two, and we're here. Welcome back to another episode of The Melancholy Condition. I have David Speed with us today. David, go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Hi, uh, my name is David Speed. I am a professional graffiti artist. I paint people's walls for my job, which is ridiculous, but (laughs) the best job in the world is very fun. And uh, I have a podcast called Creative Rebels. And uh, yeah, it's all about kind of helping people and getting people to realize that you can do what you're really passionate about for your job, because um, that's something I kind of really believe in. Awesome, awesome. So how did you get started in graffiti? Oh, that's a long story, Darius. <laughs> so, um, so I always used to see graffiti as a kid, as I was kind of traveling around. I'm, I'm from London, um, and I travel around the city, and I'd see graffiti, and I just fell in love with it, probably as early as like, 10 11 years old mm-hmm. i just saw this art form i didn't understand it i didn't know what it meant but i just was kind of drawn to it and i knew i wanted to be a part of it um but back then so i first started pick, i first picked up a spray can in like the early year 2000 and the internet wasn't what it is today yeah. um and so graffiti back then was kind of like a club that you could only get into if someone kind of invited you in mm-hmm. um and so I just happened to meet a graffiti artist um, when I was at college. Um, through uh, a series of coincidences, um, there was, we were on a school trip to, um, uh, to Amsterdam mm-hmm. and there weren't enough um, rooms for everyone to bunk together. So I got put with someone that I'd never met before. And I said to my tutor, like, don't put me with him. Don't <laughs> like the look of him. And, uh, and he said, no, no, that's, that's Paul, you'll like him. He does graffiti. And I was instantly, I was like, oh, he does graffiti. Like, okay, all right, cool. I like him. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like him all of a sudden. Like, yeah, who knew? And so, um, so, yeah, so we just started chatting. We got on straight away. We were into the same kind of music. Oh, wow. Um, we were just really, really similar um, people. Mm-hmm. And he kind of took me under his wing and brought me into this whole kind of um, graffiti subculture. Um, I then fell deep in love with the art form. Um, I painted for... 10 years illegally, um, up until 2010. Um, so allegedly, basically right? when illegally, yeah. So no, um, I said allegedly,
0: right?
1: <laughs> allegedly illegally. <Yes>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to confess to any, uh, to any big crimes, but, um, but yeah, basically the, the legal areas where you could paint where it was sanctioned, where you weren't going to get arrested in London. There were a few of those, but gradually one by one, they were starting to get shut down and, that was the point where I kind of realized if I want to do this, then I can I can either quit or I, I'm going to have to take it to the streets. Yeah. Um. So I started painting in the streets um, because I, I was just really passionate about about the art that we were making. Um, and then it, by the time it got to 2010, a lot of my kind of friends and peers had been sent to prison for, for making this artwork. And I mean, we're not talking like a, a little sentence. They were getting three and four year wow. sentences for doing this. this They're being locked up a, though, alongside. Right? Yeah, we were painting big murals. We were we were painting uh, kind of on the side of the railway lines. We were painting on trains. Okay. We were doing we were doing a lot of that kind of stuff.
0: So let me and... let me ask you this. Um, here, at least, whenever I was younger, right, I had a lot of friends um, that were into graffiti as well. Now, I don't know if it's different in London, but there wasn't a huge art form. It was more of just like either it was like very gangsterish or it was just like whatever people decided to do. It was very rare that you had a very talented um, graffiti artists where I'm from, but some of my friends knew that um, for some reason that the trains, if you did the graffiti on the trains and as long as you didn't cover the cart shipment number, then you
1: were fine. Yeah. Is that is that, yeah. Is that a yeah so, relatively true thing so so yeah so the um with that that would probably be on freight trains okay. um and so they they would um they would travel around the country um we were typically painting on kind of passion passenger oh, commuter crap. trains okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so with a lot of those they would actually get cleaned before um before they went into service so a lot of people wouldn't actually see them but on a couple of occasions i did I did have a painting, they call it running. I did have a painting that, that a few paintings that ran uh-huh. um, and they would then travel around London and then people would be seeing your artwork um, from one end of the line to the other. Oh my goodness. Um, which is, and it's kind of like a homage to the guys in New York who were painting trains in New York. Yeah. Um, and it sort of became, and, and I guess with that, a lot of that was to do with adrenaline. Um, I've always been kind of a bit rebellious and in love with doing things that
0: kind of well i think that's good though you know being able to indulge in something that kind of excites you regardless of you know obviously not something as far as like breaking the law all the time but like those type of activities that's the thing
1: and i think yeah i i mean and it's it's dangerous as well and i think that's that's the problem is uh there was there was three artists recently in London who were killed while they were while they were painting nice. on the tracks and is that, is that uh, his, uh, like yeah, the yeah so the
0: electric rails uh,
1: they were actually I believe they were actually kind of sucked into the path of a train because Ooh. when those trains if you're in the wrong area when those trains kind of really really that um, when they're going really fast um, that the air current just kind of pulls you in really so it's like uh, because I have been painting I mean this is many years ago now but yeah yeah I have been painting and I've kind of felt my clothing and, and I've felt myself kind of being sucked backwards um, a little bit. I have felt that before. So, um, and I think that was, I, I mean, where, so, I mean, I started, I was like 18, 19, I was, I was young. And I think at that point you feel like you're invincible. Yeah. And by the time it got to 2010, Um, I was kind of in my late 20s and at that point that was when I started to realize okay you're not invincible you're either going to get hurt or you're going to go to jail for this Mm -hmm. Um, so that's when I started painting commercially and that's when I started my company which is called Graffiti Life Um, we've been obviously in our ninth year now um, and we so we do it professionally Um, so I no longer paint like uh, a vandal anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, and it's actually my job now which is which is incredible
0: that's a humbling story man that's cool i've um I, I something that was fun for me um allegedly whenever i was in high school we used to go to these abandoned buildings and me and two, just one of my other friends and we'd buy like the professional low pressure grade cans
1: yeah and yeah. We'd,
0: we'd pack like a bunch of them and we would just go into this giant building that had graffiti everywhere and like Um, we would just put like quotes. We put symbols all over the place. We do things to kind of like scare people. Draw some like really funky (laughs) characters. You know what I mean? Because my friend kind of taught me how to do like the the overlaying. You know what I mean? Kind of like painting with your your highlights. You know, whatever. Um. So, anyways, my stuff wasn't the best, but it was. You could kind of, if you saw it, you could kind of get a decent idea of um, what I was trying to do. And I remember, you know, we do this for a while until you know we kind of ran out of space and every time every week we'd go back you'd find like a new piece or someone else would add something to ours and i always thought that was like really really cool you know what i mean so we'd be creating these giant like these were 20 30 foot walls you know what i mean just blank canvas yeah. so we would um we would add we'd have some fun with some of the local artists and then you know as yeah, i got it's older, so fun Yeah, yeah. As I got older, um, one of the things that was funny was I saw a lot of my little brother's friends in high school taking pictures of this stuff that's still there. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I know who did that. You know what I mean? So (laughs) that was always a a thrill for me, but it's really interesting that, you know, you made that into a career. I think that's – that is a huge culture shock. You know what I mean? Because I don't think a lot of people understand that – like kind of what I was talking about in the last episode that I just recorded before – with you um we were talking about having a passion and always working out for people that are passionate about that thing so like you're passionate about you know your um graffiti art well you know it worked out for you right you're pretty well off in your career yeah so what are
1: yeah it's it's i mean it's never guaranteed I, i i think um i mean people look at my work today um and i mean i don't i don't want to like brag or anything Mm -hmm. but like people are impressed by the work that i do obviously it's my full-time living yeah but when i first started painting i absolutely sucked i was rubbish i was i like i i just was not a good painter um and i i think there's kind of this myth that we have that that people are are born with the talent or they're born um gifted Mm -hmm. and i don't think there's there's any magical kind of gift that you're given i think it's just it's just practice and that's the thing. It, it was my passion. So because because I, I loved it so much, I just I had this kind of fire that I wanted to get better. Mm-hmm. And so because I wanted to get better, I kept practicing, 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 practicing. And then and just gradually, you can't if you keep doing something repeatedly, you can't help but get better at it. Um, so, yeah, I just I just kept learning and. And, and watching other artists and i'd be out painting with people and, and asking questions like oh how did you how did you get that effect how did this how did you do this bit i'm um, just picking little little bits up and then and learning from my mistakes and just gradually got to the stage i mean so i've, I've worked for like nike reebok adidas really? um, bmw mercedes google ebay microsoft like i've i've like works for a bunch of, of, big name, um, brands, like pretty much if you can name the brand, I've probably created artwork for them. Wow. Um, and, but like, I think people expect things to happen much faster than they're going to. And it's, it's all a journey and it's all a process. And if you don't have that passion, then you don't, you don't stay on the road. And I think it's the, the falling in love with your craft or, or whatever it is that you do. If you fall in love with that process, then it doesn't matter if any money comes in or not, because you're loving what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then, the and then the kind of ironic thing about that is that you'll keep doing it, and then the opportunities and the money and everything will will start to come in.
0: Did you have like a regular job before um, you started doing commercial?
1: So I've always said that I never wanted to get a proper job. <laughs> um, it's it's just um, so I worked in retail, um, but like part time. Mm-hmm. And so I worked in, a, in like a record store and, um, and then I, I worked um, like selling cell phones for a while, which was just awful. It just like, it just sucks your soul. It's yeah, horrible. Especially when you um, know it's not I, calling, right? That's, that's it. And I, and I used to get in trouble because I'd be sketching all over the like receipt pads <laughs> and all of that sort of stuff. So <laughs> I was just drawing on everything and I didn't want to be there. And, and I kind of, I would look at colleagues of mine, who had been working for the same company for like 10, 15 years. And they were all full-timers. And I was like, if I go full-time, then I'm going to get trapped. I'm going to get kind of stuck yeah. into, into this rut. Um, and so, whereas a lot of, and it, cause it's hard, like at, at that age when I'm sort of like 19, 20, um, I look at kind of friends of mine and because they had full-time jobs, mm-hmm. they could afford more stuff than me. So they're buying like all the new sneakers and everything like that. And I but I just knew it wasn't for me. So I kind of went out, went without a lot of stuff so that I could not be miserable every day because all I cared about was painting. Like the only reason I had jobs was so that I could afford rent, afford to buy food and afford to buy paint. Yeah. And that was it. So I'd work the minimum amount of hours uh, in order to kind of satisfy my my painting addiction. And, And that was really it
0: okay that's cool i um i think it's very interesting that you know graffiti was what kind of took off for you um yeah who knew right yeah yeah man it's kind of like just even hard to wrap my head around not because of you know what it is i think just because of you know here where i'm from graffiti is looked at like there. not now that i think about it there has been a few places that you know have done some murals on the side of buildings and stuff like that, but it's still not culturally, culturally accepted. Like even just yeah. paint, you know what I mean? Even if it's a good piece of art, I don't think a lot of people will like it just with the city that I'm from, not like United States, but sure. um, yeah. the city that I'm from, people don't really appreciate that much stuff. So I, I like it. You know what I mean? And I like that kind of abstract um, life path, I guess you kind of.
1: Said. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was definitely part of the, of the challenge that that we faced. I mean, um, we were, when we started our business, we were asking people to to pay for art, which they could traditionally just look out of their window and they'd see it for free. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden we were saying, we had to get people to understand that that we were artists and that we wouldn't work for free. So um, there was a whole kind of challenge wrapped up in that. And then also kind of getting people to understand what a powerful art form this this really is. Yeah. So I, I really believe in street art. I really think that it can it can change a city. It can make it more beautiful. Um, and I think so a, a lot of times um, if we were like pitching for a job, what we have found sometimes is that um, someone will contact us and they say, oh, I want to do like I want to get our offices painted or something like that. And they're kind of they're young and they're in their job and they've been tasked with with doing something. So they they contact us. And then it kind of goes up the chain, and it gets to the bosses, and they just hear the word graffiti, and they and they're kind of like negative; they don't want to do it or whatever. But then, when they actually see our work, mm-hmm. then they kind of realize, okay, this is something else. This is not what I thought it was. Because I think, I think the word graffiti kind of um, it conjures up an image in people's heads. Yeah, and a negative connotation. It's not. It. Yeah, exactly. And the art, the artwork, and the artists have evolved, and it's a, it's a lot more um there's a lot more skill involved and we can create we can create beautiful pictures so
0: i think it'd be a lot cooler if it was a little bit more like it was a thing you know what i mean if if this building if regardless of the business if it would if it looked like this and you know you had i don't know say even if you wanted to keep it professional this the original ceo if, if he passed away a mural of him on the building or something like you know what i mean I yeah, like, yeah. yeah i think it's i think it's really cool um something that I yeah i mean there... i'm
1: based in shoreditch in east london and yeah. um around this area like there's there's street art tours where you can go on a tour and the guides will take you around and they'll say oh this is so and so artist and they've they've painted this mural and it means this and so literally it's it's part of the tourism of the area it's it's um and kind of the local the local councils and everything have Kind of understood that this is a this is a part of Shoreditch and it's a part of of the culture now. And so, rather than the graffiti being removed, it's kind of being embraced, which is which is a really positive step. And I think more and more more and more cities will follow. So there's like Windward in Miami, and I think the more that people see these successful areas, the more it all kind of spread um, globally.
0: Do you um? When was it kind of like in in you said you're in uh Europe, right? Yeah, I'm in uh, in London. In UK. London, okay. So in 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 London, when was it first starting to like? Were they less? Where was it less dramatic about? Like, oh, we gotta we gotta cover this up. You know what I mean? Because I know here, if there's any graffiti, even if it's just around a, a bike trail, um, which a lot of yeah. people do. You know what I mean? There's a bike trail. There's a bunch of empty walls, and people will do graffiti. Sometimes it's nice. Sometimes it's not. But regardless, it usually yeah. takes about a day and someone will go and it's covered up within the day. So when did that kind of like start getting mitigated as far as like, Oh, you know, this is nice. Let's, let's just leave this one here.
1: So it depends on uh, which part of of the UK you're in. So Uh there's a, there's a city called Brighton, which is, um, which is by the sea. And it's kind of, it's totally embraced there. And Brighton is a very sort of um i would liken it to kind of like uh a new orleans or somewhere like that it's it's kind of like really open and Uh and everyone's sort of quite cool that lives there and and they fully embrace it uh it's the same in east london um and kind of like south london a little bit as well but then like western north it's it's kind of pretty much covered as soon as you as soon as you paint um, and the, the crazy thing was when we had the Olympics over here in 2012, mm-hmm. literally everything, anywhere in London, if there was graffiti, if it popped up, I guess they just wanted to present their city as like this shiny, beautiful place for any new, uh, for any new tourists yeah. that were coming in to see the Olympics. And, and the, the graffiti was blitzed. It got covered wow. off of everything. It was crazy.
0: Even like the, like the murals and stuff?
1: everything wow. everything was just whitewashed they just got rid of everything it was awful that's
0: crazy so in those scenarios is that like a an opportunity for your business
1: um so not really i think um i mean we do we do a lot of kind of interior murals okay. um, as well as outside stuff so um so for example we've painted xbox's offices um, they contacted us and they wanted like characters from halo characters from like all of their different video games okay so hold on um so that was really cool let me
0: backtrack a little bit when was the first actual like okay you start this business you have a portfolio i assume of um your artwork with you know your clients or not your clients but your partners where did the first contract that kind of got you with your name as to where it is where when did that happen okay
1: so 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 this is the thing as well i think like everything starts with a first step Mm. and our first step is very very humble so so as I described uh, my friends were getting sent to jail for this and I was like okay we've got to do something more positive so we started the company and then on day one it's like okay we haven't got any customers we no one wants to pay us to do graffiti what are we going to do so literally on day one uh, it was me and my friend we grabbed a canvas and an easel and we went and stood in kind of a busy high street, and we just started painting, um, just started drawing on the canvas. Like so like And we kind of stuff? printed out some. Like performance. Yeah. So, but but like on yeah, like a, yeah, almost like a like a busker okay. would uh, would like play a guitar or something like that. Um, but we realised that so, we're a busker you have to have a license because you're asking for money. So uh-huh. because we weren't asking for money, no one could move us on. <laughs> so, so we took our canvas, we stood in the street, and just started drawing, and we printed out some. So like really crude business cards, um, just whatever we could manage at the time. So we printed out these business cards and we just started talking to people that would come up to mm-hmm. us and and wondering what we were doing. Because it's not every day you walk down the street and you see someone there with a canvas, like just making art. Yeah. Um, so we started talking to people. And on that day, we got our first client, which was a lady who had a yoga studio. And she wanted us to come in and, and create some artwork on one of her walls. That was literally the first step. Um, we set up our website and I mean it back in in the beginning all we had was pictures of walls that we painted so no professional clients or anything like that so we just had to populate it with stuff that we painted in the streets Um, we didn't put anything illegal on there so we just used um, kind of legal areas where we were allowed to paint where we had done pieces Mm -hmm. Um, we put all of those photos up on our website and then it was just a case of just contacting as many people as possible, um, ringing on, ringing on uh, people's front doors and just saying, hey, we're graffiti artists. Just, I don't suppose you want to get one of your walls painted or anything like that. And you get, you get out of 100 doors, you get 99 doors closed in your face. But when you get one, then that's, that starts to build and step by step and you just, you just grow from there. So literally, I think um, the first big client that we got in was Adidas. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't even Adidas. It was like kind of a small sub brand of Adidas, which is called tailormade Made, and they they make golf. um They make golfing equipment. Yeah, because okay. you I know these big brands all have people. like little. Yeah, they have like little sub brands. so yeah. Um. So Taylormade Made um, contacted us. They wanted something really, really small, but um, we we did the job. But then that meant um that we could put Adidas's logo on our on our website. So we're like the graffiti artists that have been hired by Adidas, and then when your next inquiry comes in and someone from Nike or wherever sees that you've worked for Adidas, then instantly they feel like, okay, well, if it's good enough for Adidas, then it'll be good enough for us. And so it's just, uh, I mean, the, so the phenomenon is called social. That yeah. It's social proof. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. so I mean, cause social proof is massive. It's like, you know, when, uh, when you're like, when you're walking down the street and you see like there's a big queue outside of a nightclub, There's plenty of room inside the nightclub, but they want you to see the queue because the queue makes you think, "Oh, that nightclub is busy." Yeah, Um, yeah. that that's a place where I should go. Uh, It's the same reason why, like, it's the same reason why Nike's such a. I mean, a a pair of Nike shoes uh, probably costs the same to make as a as a no brand shoe. It Probably costs like ten bucks to make, Mm -hmm. Um, but will pay will pay 150 bucks to buy the shoes because. (laughs) because they've got that little swoosh on yeah that's that's all it is um and like and on and when you listen to when you watch comedy on tv and they put that laugh track on it's it's all social proof it's like humans want to follow other humans so if you're setting up a business as soon as you've got one client then you put that on your website and you shout about it and you say we've made work for these people and then that that helps you and and because everyone then comes along they know that they can trust you that's amazing
0: that's really crazy, man. So um, something that – I don't remember where I heard it. I heard it the other day, though. They were just talking about it. I think it might have been on uh, Rogan's podcast. But um, he was talking about the people that did the mural for Facebook that initially – Oh,
1: yeah, David Cho. Yeah.
0: So apparently whenever that first happened, um, they didn't pay him, so they just gave him stock. Yeah. And then now he's just yeah
1: blown <laughs> well, up. Well, they, they... – so, so David Cho, they gave him the, they gave him the opportunity. They said, uh, we can either pay you, um, I think they were going to pay him like 30 grand or something like that. It was like, it was a decent amount of money. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, they said we can either pay you this, this 30 K. I mean, you could Google it and it will come up, but I, I think it's 30 K. Um, we'll either pay you this or, or you can take stock. And and there was someone who said to him, like, I, I really strongly recommend you take the stock. Cause I think it's going to, this is going to be a huge company. Uh-huh. And I think David Cho owns like 2% or something like that. And it's like worth like $200 million <laughs> or something. It's like just crazy. Oh my so God. yeah, he, he, made the, he made the right decision. And imagine how you'd feel if you'd taken the money. Because I can see how like the money would be attractive as well. Because like we've all got bills. To yeah. get, we've all got rent. And you don't know that Facebook is going to be this absolute giant that's going to take over the world. Like it would be easy to just go, oh, that's a lot of money. I'll take the money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he made the right choice. Yeah,
0: yeah. Have you met David Cho?
1: I haven't no. I'd love to. he's uh, yeah, he's inspirational. he's um uh, yeah he's a he's a wildcat.
0: so um with your experience as far as like how your business has gone and how that kind of tenacity has put you on a forefront for you know making your passion your lifelong career sounds like um what do you have, I guess, as far as advice for someone out there that if they're listening, um, maybe they're just thinking like, oh, I'm good at this, but I don't know if I want to if it' it's, it's not possible, right? It's not going to be a career. It's not it's not realistic for me to think in that term of maybe posting a picture of this uh, calligraphy I do or of this this outfit that I'm wearing today because I think it looks good. You know, what are some yeah. things that you think that you could advise for some people that are kind of lost in that
1: area? Um, the people that win are the people that keep going. And, and the more, the more that I, I'm experiencing and meeting people, the more that is ringing true. If you keep going, you will win. It's, the, it's like the internet is just filled with like these dead blogs, these YouTube channels that have had like six uploads and then no more. Everyone kind of, st- we start something and we have like all of this kind of fire behind us. And we're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then we don't get, a thousand views in the first two weeks or we don't get whatever and, and people just kind of lose interest and they gradually and then they start telling themselves that they're not worth it because they're not getting all of the views and stuff mm. I mean I it's it's so I mean I, we've been going for nine years now and I mean the first like three or four years were a struggle they were hard and there there were times there where i i was like this is not this is not gonna work yeah um did, did you have my a plan? my business partner <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> that's always no, it seems like
0: that's that's the
1: only way things work out is if you don't anticipate something else
0: being able to yeah i mean
1: i mean i guess i guess i had a backup plan in that um i had i had done some tattooing for a while and i thought oh, i could always go back and be a tattooer so in the back of my head i guess i thought i could i could go back and and do that yeah um but but really it was this was what i wanted to do so it it was it was kind of this i was listening to a rogan the other day actually and it was um travis barker was on there and he was he was talking about how he didn't have a backup plan um and he he was um it was always drumming for him yeah yeah listen and there was this one point yeah so good man and he just said in there he was like oh yeah there was this one point where I nearly went and got a job because his dad kicked him out of the house Mm -hmm. and stuff. but He was just like, he said, no. Um, So yeah, I, I don't know. I think if anyone's, if there's something that they're interested in and they think it could be their career, I mean, a lot of people will look back and go, Oh yeah, five years ago I was, let's take the calligraphy for example. Oh yeah. Five years ago I was doing that calligraphy and I did it for, I did it for six months and then it didn't pay my bills. So I gave it up. But if you are still doing it now five years later I guarantee I guarantee it's doing something for you because it can't like if you put enough time into something something has to happen because it's impossible for it not to um I think that as an artist you have to understand like if if art is your thing um and I use art very broadly so if you're a writer or a poet or or a dancer or or a stylist or whatever your craft is I think that You have to understand that that it's a two-way equation so you can you can focus on the craft which is the fun part which is the amazing part so that's for me that would be painting i love painting Mm. it's amazing it's awesome but then if i didn't focus as well on the on the marketing side of actually getting people to know about your product, getting them to care about about you i mean when you look around now like talent is abundant there are so many people who are making so much great work, but the people who are winning are the people who understand that they have to let people know about that work as well. So I think we live in a world where, um, like it or not building an audience is important. Um, especially if you want, if you want to turn your, your passion into your career, you have to get people to care about you and have to get people to care about what you're doing. Um, and the easiest way to do that is, is social media. So, um, I think that it just gets hard when you don't have many followers and you don't have much feedback and all you have is your own idea of, I think this could work, but it's really hard to then carry on going and, and still believe in yourself and think, oh, this definitely will work because you don't know. But from my experience, if you do keep going, it will work. Um, if you're If you're passionate enough and your skills are getting better to the point where people are saying like, this is good work and they're they're following you or they're buying things from you or they're interacting with you regularly then i think you're on the right path and you just need to keep going but it's it's hard man it's really hard
0: i think that you know if people just weren't so focused on biz, uh, like making money and actually, oh god yeah you know what i mean like it seems yeah, 100%, like as far 100%. as I'm concerned and as far as like the people that I hear talk or even other guests I've had on the show that have turned something as far as a passion into like a career that's prosperous for them. It seems like the, no one ever focuses on money. Like, you know, sure. You know, you make sure your bills are covered, but you don't focus like, like you don't think, Oh, this is going to make me rich. You don't worry about, you don't set the expectations that this thing is going to make you money. You're just doing it because you love it. And then it just happened to always work out. And it seems like that's yeah. how things are, like in the world. Like if you don't expect something to, I think maybe it's just the motive behind it. If you're if you're doing something because you love it, opposed to doing something because you're eager to buy a Lamborghini, um, <laughs> it seems like the world will kind of give back to you like that.
1: I think so. Yeah. I mean what I've what I've started to notice is that you so you will hear like. Almost every podcast that I listen to, I listen to a lot of podcasts, like everything that I listen to, you always hear successful people saying money doesn't bring you happiness and you should never focus on the money and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I believe that it's only when you've actually made money that you that you realize that that is true, because I was always chasing the money until I got the money and then realized, oh, shit, this this doesn't this doesn't bring anything significant yeah. to yeah. me. It's like, I can, I, like money is great. Money is awesome. It like um, Joe Rogan calls them fun tokens. Um, I think that's exactly what money is. It allows <laughs> you, it, it's exactly true. Like it allows you to do stuff that you couldn't do if you didn't have loads of money. Um, I mean, getting in an Uber as opposed to like riding the bus is, is super easy. Um, like eating out so you don't have to cook at home is so there's things that money can do that but I mean when it comes to like fulfillment uh-huh. and actual deep real happiness that that for me is is if I it's like sometimes I'm painting walls like in the rain I'm freezing cold and I'm maybe I'm working for a client who uh, like their artistic vision doesn't meet mine um, and I kind of go oh this is like this is not the best job I've ever done but I kind of I'll be up a ladder and I'll just think but I could be sat in an office staring at a computer screen and that is exactly not why I want to be. So I'm like, so happy, like, and happiness is is the meaning of life. Yeah. hundred percent like gratitude and happiness are are so important. For example, uh, the other day I I was on Instagram. There's an artist I follow on there. And he, he made a post saying, um, just reached 10 K followers. Can't believe it's only taken me three years. I'm so happy. Uh And, for most people if you went up to them and went okay so i can get you 10,000 followers um it's going to take you 3 years then they go oh no, 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 that's too long you know like mm-hmm. people would would meet it with negativity but he was just flipping it around and going oh, i only took me 3 years and he was like super pumped that yeah. it only took him 3 years he was like reframing it totally like 3 year uh, 3 years is is the magic number so um on our like podcast it, huh? creative rebels it seems yeah like, like on, on our podcast like yeah, three years, man. I swear, like every guest that I've had on our podcast, they're, they're, three years, something happens. If you put in the work for three years, something starts to happen. It's always around that time. I feel like it's either yeah. three or
0: nine, because I've, I've had a lot of people that I've talked to as well, like, oh, yeah, I've only did this for a decade or a little less than a decade, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like or you're, um, I guess, to become a pro. Of course, yes, three years for yeah. something to happen, yes. But then to become like a true advocate of something, I think it's that decade because you talk about like you know these artists or athletes and stuff like that. You know, oh, these are the best on the planet. How long have they been doing this yeah. for? Ten years.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a lot to be said for the theory of ten thousand hours. That it takes ten thousand hours to become truly great at anything. Um, and certainly, when I looked at look at my career, it was it was after ten years of painting that I I realized that I was good enough to actually make a make a living from this. That's crazy. I think there's so
0: many people that are just scared to put like to try it out. You know what I mean? I think the fear of because everybody has that um, fear of something not working. But then you know, I think if you have a passion and you're really confused about it, you're like, well, what if it did work? Then you go on this little story time in your own head of all the things that you could do if it worked. But I don't think anybody wants to act on that. More people are okay with accepting that I shouldn't do it, opposed to accepting that like, well, hold on, this could be a really great thing.
1: Fear is powerful, man. Fear is so powerful and it, it holds so many people back. I mean, the, the fear of failure is so powerful that most people don't even start because they're scared that they're going to fail. I mean, and... wouldn't you
0: rather say, I mean, sorry to interrupt you, but wouldn't you rather say, hey, I tried this thing? You know what I mean? Like, cause I've done a lot, you know, I did some acting, I did um, a clothing line, I had a marketing agency, I had a sign company, um, and now I have this podcast. I want to be writing books, and I want to sell my paintings eventually. But you know what I mean? I'm I'm trying all these things because I want to be able to say I've tried it. I don't care if it works. I just want to say I've done it before. You know what I mean? Yeah. But wouldn't you rather? Yeah, have, definitely. Like, say yeah, I tried to start. You know, if the if the if your business didn't take off as well as it did, and you didn't come in such great contact with the people that you have. Wouldn't you have rather said, yeah, I tried to do this thing rather than, well, I've always wanted to.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. I, I think that it, it all comes down to fear of other people's opinions. And I think that's what holds most people back is that they think that if they try and fail, then people will think less of them. Mm. Um, but for me, I have always kind of pushed that to the back. Yeah. Um, uh, like back when I was not I was like spending all my money on painting and I I wasn't like buying the the freshest sneakers and all of that sort of stuff like Mm -hmm. I didn't really care what other people thought it was I was kind of staying true to myself um and I and I think that I yeah I'd much rather say that I I gave it a shot than than always wondering and always going oh what if I what if I had done that And
0: I think it's crazy. I I know I had a, um, when I lived in Houston, a buddy of mine, uh, Dylan, he, we started this like entertainment company where we just took like some local artists and we try to do some marketing for them and try to give people a voice. You know, kind of what I'm doing here is like, if you you have a story, I want people to be able to share it and give people that voice. But uh, what we were doing there is we worked with a lot of local artists and, a lot of people would come up to us like, oh, you know, I've always wanted to do music or they'd show us music that they've made and things like that. And we're like, dude, why don't you just do put it this way? Like do this for a couple of yeah. years and just start start uploading it to iTunes or something like that. You know what I mean? And there'd be so many people that swore they wanted to do music for the rest of their life. But were so scared to let other people hear their music. And we weren't even on a big level of like, I guess you could say, um, as an entertainment company we didn't even have anything filed on paper we just said hey you know we're starting this group or a collective of people that can come together and say if you have um, any art you know show it to people someone might like it you never know you know what i mean and it it didn't really play out too well but there was still a lot of scenarios where people would come up to us hey what do you think of this song yeah it sounds good it needs some work but i mean Um, let's practice on it and see how we can perfect it and put it out and they're like oh well i don't want to put it out why are you doing it then (laughs) you know what i mean it's like why would you put so much work and so much passion behind this thing and if you're not gonna
1: share it with people because they're scared of what people might think it's it's very real i i I do understand it but you you just have if you want great things to happen you just have to get over it um uh, because because some people will say they'll tell you that they don't like it they'll say that it's shit if it's not there if it's not their kind of thing that they're into um then then they're not feeling it but then it's not for them yeah you course. just have to find your tribe you have to find the people who do resonate with what you yeah, do yeah um yeah. and then and then you just grow them one by one and it's a slow process it's like it's like your podcast you you know that this is gonna some people will listen to this like that they'll listen to an episode and they'll be like, oh, this is not, this is not the one for me. Mm-hmm. That's fine. There's a million podcasts out there. Go and find the one that works for you. But you know, gradually week by week, you're going to gain a few new listeners here, a few new yep. listeners there and gra- and you're just going to build it. And in three years time, you'll have a huge audience and you'll be able to do a lot more.
0: With um, this funny, cause this podcast actually started with no guests, no guests whatsoever. Yeah. I had um in my first actually season if that's what you want to call it was only seven episodes so even just to now like as far as how i've kind of relaunched everything you know i start posting in these groups start asking for guests if you know kind of like how you came around um and it's been working a lot better for me man my very first episodes a couple of them they had like a little north of 50 plays and the most recent ones they're starting to get a little bit more traction but i find that i'm getting better reaction Um, like ratings and stuff like that more listeners frequent listeners um, whenever I do these guests episodes and that's awesome yeah so
1: yeah so dive it so dive into that if that's if that's what's working and that's what your audience is enjoying then then yeah do do more of that
0: yeah that's Um, and I
1: think like I mean one thing that we one thing that we do on ours is is we um, we always sign off with if if you know someone who you think could benefit from listening to this podcast then then please share it with them and i think if you don't ask your audience to share then they won't it won't pop into their head yeah um your i mean we both know how long it takes to schedule guests and (laughs) organize a podcast and sort out like this is not a quick thing to to do a podcast and i think that your audience will be happy to spend five seconds to leave you a review on itunes or or to share it with someone that they know it's, it's a very small commitment from them Mm -hmm. um, given what you're giving them from the podcast. But if you don't ask them for it, then, then they won't do it. So, and I think that's how, that's how you, that's how you grow. Kind of Um, like having a self humility. Yeah. um, I mean, just, just not being afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an amazing book I read. I read last year um, called the art of asking by Amanda Palmer Mm -hmm. and It's 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 such a good book, and she just talks about how like we don't we like people don't feel confident enough to ask for things, and I and I think it's absolutely fine to ask. The worst that can happen is people will just ignore it or they'll say no. And yeah, and yeah, asking is powerful.
0: I feel like um, that has a lot to do with like the reason why I brought up the self humility is just because you know you look at Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan is probably one of the cockiest basketball players some people yeah. say he's a little bit rude um but if you listen to like any of like his college coaches and stuff like that they said that he was like the most disciplined and like the only person that would show up early to practice every day if it was 5 a.m he'd be there at 4:45. you know he was the most he's yeah. the only person that did exactly what they said and that takes a little bit of like you know outward when it comes down to asking, I guess it's a little bit of outward humility. You're accepting the fact that you might be humiliated. Some people might think it's funny that you're asking for these things, but like the greater reward is the people that take that action.
1: hundred percent. And you'll, you'll build around you, your, your tribe of people that, that like what you do and all like all of the work I, I make is for the people that like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not, it's not for anyone that's not interested in it. So I don't waste my time thinking about what 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 might go wrong i i just focus on what how i can provide value to the to the people that follow us
0: Mm -hmm. that's good man um do you have any messages or anything that you'd like to share with the listeners that can kind of like convince them to start acting on to you know passions that or any even just things that they haven't acted on um that they may be passionate about i guess you could call them passions or dreams or visions or something like that if you have an idea
1: act on it act on it right now put put (laughs) your phone down or however you're listening to this and just start um the the hardest part is starting sometimes um i think a lot of people um ask me like oh how do i find my passion um because there's not anything that sets their world on fire yeah and i think there's this term like discovering your passion like you're going to you're going to walk down you're going to trip over a rock and all of a sudden you're going to find your passion and and it doesn't happen like that you you cultivate a passion you you find an interest in something if you're interested in calligraphy then you practice it and you get better and better and better i'm using your calligraphy yeah example. for sure one reason um, is because actually but, have like, <laughs> a couple of dip pens here on my desk right right cool cool i think it's 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 such a it's such a good example because When you first start, you will suck. But if you're interested in it and you're passionate enough to kind of push through the boredom, because I think that's the one thing that no one talks about is the boredom. Like we we look at things like, oh, I enjoy something or I don't enjoy something. But when it comes to becoming good at something like putting in your 10,000 hours, there is a lot of boredom because there's there's times where you and especially if you if you're following experts on on um, social media it's like you'll see their artwork and you'll just be like, oh, well, I'll, n- I'll never get to that stage. Because oh, you don't see the stable, 10 years. Though.
0: It's poisonous. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, they, they say comparison is the thief of joy. And I, I truly believe that. I think that, yeah, um, comparison is, is awful. Um, because, yeah, it just makes you feel like you're not good enough. But, but if you keep going um, and you keep practicing, then that interest, Will gradually, gradually become a passion because you'll get better and better and better at it, um, and it just it just takes time. But most people don't have the patience to kind of stick with that and and keep going through all of that time. So um, I would say to people, sort of believe in yourself, um, follow like even if it's even if it's just an inkling, like you're not even sure, but it's uh, maybe just explore every avenue to see where it takes you. Because it might take you somewhere completely different. Yeah. A lot of times, like I've got friends who've who've started businesses where they they started with one thing and then they've been smart enough to pivot because they've realised, okay, this is going in a completely different direction and this is where the market's going and they've they've just changed and that's that's fine too. Um, just just follow a path, but just do something because if you don't like if 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 you don't change anything, then nothing will change. If you like everything that you have done up until this point has got you to where you are right now. So if you, like, if you don't change anything, nothing's going to change. Like people would just sort of expect something to hit them out of the sky and just everything's different. It's not ever going to happen like that. You have to go out and make change happen yourself.
0: I I like that, man. I think um, a lot of the biggest problems is people are afraid to look for something like you, like you said, fear, fear is, fear is a a poison and people i think 100%. i think people's biggest fear a lot of the times is just wanting to be accepted i don't think it has a yeah. lot to do i mean i think there's an equal amount of wanting to be accepted and wanting to not be humiliated for liking something right because we want to be cool we want to be cool to other people and it's not cool yeah. maybe it's not cool to like calligraphy right maybe mm-hmm. maybe that isn't cool in some areas maybe if you showed up to school and you know, in one of your elective classes, you started writing old English and for some people, you get one jock that, you know, in football or something like that, that might be making fun. You know, this didn't happen to me. I'm just trying to create a
1: scenario, worst case. Oh, dude, it happened to me when I, when I was at school, I got bullied hard, man. Really? And like, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I think, and I, I look at kind of where some of those people are now, because it's not hard to find out because the internet exists. Uh, and you can see where people ended up, and it's like those those people when we were at school that that kind of were the were the cool kids. Uh, they don't stay the cool kids all of their life, and uh, it's normally the people that have been through the struggle of of being kind of bullied or or picked on or told that that they were doing something that like that wasn't cool or that that they'd never make it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who like to bring others down, and and they they don't have the courage to try something themselves so they'll bring you down and and so if you're if you're a singer they'll be like oh you can't sing and because they don't have the courage to go and sing themselves and if you can ignore that and keep going then then success comes it's it's always the ones that keep going are the ones that win
0: yeah yeah that's great cr- i think that's kind of necessary though you know what i mean that kind of bullying or the the lashback of having what you like be made fun of because yeah
1: it can be really powerful i think
0: it's necessary you know what i mean because in a business aspect if you can't deal with some people saying oh this business sucks you know what i mean and you can't bounce back from that alone whenever money's actually involved and you won't be able to get through it you know what i mean so i think that that time period of whenever it's not a necessity and it's just something you like for other people to ridicule it and you to get past it, I think that could, sh- that shows a lot. You know what I mean?
1: Definitely. Definitely.
0: Well, man, you know, it's been an amazing time talking with you. Um, If you have any last messages you want to share with the folks, any things that you want to kind of, if you haven't touched on it, you know, bring it up. And if you want to go ahead and drop all your social media, any websites or anything, your podcasts, where people can reach you at, go ahead and do so, bro
1: sure so um, if people want to see my artwork then head to uh, at graffiti underscore life Uh, that's l-i-f-e graffiti life that we're on instagram and twitter Um, and me personally i am at davidspeeduk on twitter and instagram and um, our podcast is called creative rebels if you search creative rebels in your podcast player of choice you'll probably find us um we interview guests every week who've kind of given up their nine-to-five and are doing something fun instead of a crap job that they hate (laughs) um so so yeah that's that's basically us on the internet um and yeah if you reach if anyone reaches out to me on um on twitter or instagram then i will definitely reply i always um i always reply to dms and all of that sort of stuff and uh if anyone needs any advice or has any questions like just reach out for sure
0: awesome awesome i just found both your instagram pages i'm gonna go ahead and give you a follow um we'll stay in touch thanks bro if um <clears throat> oh you cool you have a podcast page for instagram as well rebels create yes
1: we do at, at rebels create yeah
0: and then your website is rebelscreate.com i didn't know if you brought that up already and i Brian... didn't you're
1: you're more professional than me
0: (laughs) (laughs) well just now i'm not more professional man i just noticed that um just in case there's somebody out there that doesn't have instagram or doesn't want to do social media you never know who's listening
1: that's right yeah um Yeah. Yeah.
0: so i mean i had an amazing time talking with you david hopefully maybe i can jump on your podcast if that's something you'd be interested in even though i still do have my part-time jobs um this is more (laughs) of a hobby for me for now you know until um i can get a little bit more of a structure going on But uh, yeah, man, I really had an enjoyable time talking with you. I think this is the first time I've talked with someone um, outside of the United States. So hearing a
1: Uh, awesome different international guest, yeah, man,
0: different perspective is definitely um, fun for me. I think no, okay, maybe hold on. I may have had, I think, one of the women's life coaches that was on here. She was from Canada, I think. but we don't count that that's north america yeah yeah yeah. it's still still (laughs) north america so to hear someone you know overseas to hear it come back i always feel like um whenever i i get an accent things are a little bit more um respected for some reason
1: that's that's the beauty of the internet we're all we're all connected and and i think especially i'm i'm so in love with podcasting i think it's it's such a great tool to connect with and and just share different experiences because the if the experience of a of a kid growing up in london can influence someone who who lives in like buenos aires then then that's a, such a beautiful thing and and i think your your listeners can be listening from anywhere your guests can be from anywhere and it's just connecting us all together and that's awesome absolutely
0: man and that's my that's my goal here you know i want to be able to let other people's experiences hopefully inspire something whether it be just a creative thought or like you know what i mean because that plant a seed something anything that we can do to help other people just be the best version of themselves possible is my goal.
1: I love it, man. If that's, if that's your, your why, as Simon Sinek would call it, if that's the, the core of what mm-hmm. you want to do, then I, I think you'll be successful. You just got to keep going, man. I, I wish you all the success in the world. There is.
0: David, I appreciate you so much, man. Thank you for coming on. And thank you everybody for listening. Um, if you ever feel the need that you want to come back and, come back to the show if you want to have like a new life experience you want to share with people man you know where to get at me
1: for sure thanks bye
0: all right thank you so much thank you everybody hopefully you've had an amazing time listening to this podcast if you could do me a huge favor i have a few questions to ask one if you'd like to support this podcast go to anchor.com fm forward slash melancholy condition there's a button on there that allows you to support just a dollar a month to help the future episodes of this uh, podcast progress secondly whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast on do me a huge favor and just give it a rating if you wanted to give a five star great if you wanted to give it a one star even better if you want to just go ahead and tell me everything that i'm doing wrong or everything that i'm doing right i would absolutely love it just anything helps And thirdly, if you have anybody that you'd like to send this podcast to, anybody that you think this episode particularly or any other episodes they may benefit from, do that and just share it with them. Thank you so much.